Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Whole Home Show. I'm Tony Joe. I'm your host here every week, and we bring you tips, education, updates, anything that is home-related, whether you're in the real estate market or if you're looking for ideas about your home, your abode, your castle, this is a great place to be. Our show comes to you with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, J.P. Sellez, insurance advisor at Westland Insurance, the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Silhouette Home Inspections with Pierre Beauvais. If you have any real estate questions or need help or direction in what you're doing around your home, give any of the whole Home Show team members a call. They would love to hear from you. I've been your host here for years. I love being the host of the whole Home Show. Um, I am a long-term realtor here in Greater Victoria. I've been selling homes since 1991. I'd be happy to help you as well, too. If you need a second opinion or want to talk about real estate or the real estate market, just give me a call. I'd be happy to chat. Uh, you can find my contact information and the rest of the whole Home Show team members by visiting cfax1070.com. Look under Shows, and there you'll find us. Uh, on the weekends, The Whole Home Show with me, Tony Joe. This week, we're talking about new homes, specifically warranty coverage on new homes, whether it's a condo or a townhouse or a brand new house that you're buying, maybe even a secondhand house that still has warranty coverage. We want to learn more today about what warranty coverage is, why it exists, who enforces it, and um, how it is a great protection for consumers. Our guests today are Michelle Hayes. She's the Executive Director and Registrar of Licensing and Consumer Services at BC Housing. She'll be talking about the Homeowner Protection Act. Also, we'll have Brandon Bobby, Senior Technical Representative with Travelers Canada, a third-party new home home warranty provider. A lot of questions that people have about warranties, what they cover, uh, how to make claims, and all of those things. We're going to cover them for you today. I'm looking forward to this because uh, it's a learning experience for me as well, too. And uh, there's just so much to know. Now, today, I want to start our episode off uh, by talking about markets. Now, you know, people often wonder about what the real estate market is doing. We all know, you know, you read the papers, you look at the news. Of course, it's busy. It's a time unlike any other. Uh, but what is it like under normal times? Where does Victoria sit in the hierarchy of values in Canada? And I've often stated on my program here, uh, it is a fact that Victoria is number three in the country as far as home values are concerned. Number three after Vancouver and Toronto. It's actually remarkable knowing that a small little community of just over 400,000 is the, the third most expensive after a three million person population and a six and a half million person population. Uh, let's face it, we lack some of the amenities and some of, you know, like entertainment, shopping, uh, things like that that other that Toronto and, and Vancouver have, yet property values continue to go up. 
we all know that it's an attractive place here. I know that many of our listeners here listen to our program are, are not Victorians originally, migrated here, made the choice to come to Victoria. There's a reason, right? But I just want to run some numbers past you right now to talk about where Victoria sits. So uh, as of last month, and you know, you might be listening to this on a, on a repeat basis, but that's okay because the, the numbers and the ratios always stay about consistent, right? So the average... Uh, price on our home price index. So that's a represent, representation of an average house in Victoria was a million thirty six one zero three six zero zero a million and thirty six thousand dollars. Oh my goodness! I'm sure a lot of you are thinking. I remember when how I remember myself. My first house sale, by the way, March 1991, was one hundred and thirty seven thousand dollars, and that seemed like a lot of money at the time, and it was, right? Actually, listen, I think about that home right now. I drive past it often. It's in the Strawberry Vale area. Um, my, I, my sister actually bought that home and sold it way back in 1993. That house today would be an, uh, I don't think it'd be a 900. It'd be like an $850,000 home. So from 137 to 850 in 30 years, some would say that's a pretty good return. But again, a million thirty-six. That's where Victoria is right now. That's the benchmark home price index price. Let's talk about other marketplaces. I just pulled up the stats. Same month for all of these areas in Vancouver. So the Real Estate Board of Greater Vancouver, the benchmark uh, house price index, uh, 1,800,000, right? 1.8. So we're just round it. We're going to say we're just over 1 million. Vancouver is one. Point eight. It's that much more expensive than us, right? And then there's the Fraser Valley. The Fraser Valley Real Estate Board is, uh, you know, Langley, Abbotsford, Mission, um, all those other areas outside of Vancouver. Uh, the average there is 1,323, so 1.3. Our 1 million, Vancouver is 1.8 million, and Fraser Valley is 1.3. So, um, you know, of course, we often bunch Fraser Valley and Vancouver together. Uh, that's the reason why we say Vancouver is the most expensive because it is true, right? Let's look at other areas, okay? So um, I took a snapshot and I had a look at Calgary. The benchmark price, benchmark average price in Calgary for a single family home, 533. What a difference. It's about half of what Victoria is. You know, the, I have to say, one of the things we bump into quite we bump into quite often is we get Calgarians that say, you know what, I want to move to Victoria. I want the weather. I want the ocean. Uh, I'm sick of the snow. Uh, so I want to move from Calgary to Victoria, and I want the same kind of house for the same kind of money. Well, listen, folks, I just reviewed this with you. Victoria, a million. Calgary, five thirty-three. We are twice as expensive as Calgary. That's not going to happen. People pay more to live here. It is, it is just a fact. Calgary, 533. Let's look at the rest of our island. So uh, north of the Malahat is our Vancouver Island Real Estate Board. The average from Malahat north was 692000 So about 70% on average of what Victoria prices are. It's broken down into different areas. Couch and Valley, 671. Nanaimo, 610. Parksville Qualicum, 797, which is, by the way, the next most expensive on the island, Parksville Qualicum. But then you look at Port Alberni, 442. 
And then North Island, 347,000. See, guys, not everything on Vancouver Island is a million dollars. Um, Port Alberni is about 40% of Victoria prices. Uh, North Island, you know, you go up to um, uh, Port Hardy, um, you go up that way, prices are a lot different, right? So Nanaimo, 70% of Victoria. Uh, Duncan, 67% of Victoria, roughly speaking. Let's go out, right? Let's go east. Uh, the Toronto Real Estate Board, um, by the way, is broken down. You guys may know uh, they go 416 and 905. Those are the two area codes, right? That's how it's broken down. Uh, their numbers, respectively, 1.7 and 1.3. Very similar to the Vancouver and Fraser Valley numbers, actually. But, of course, Vancouver still remains on top. Remember, remember, it's comparing 1.8 to 1.7, right? So Vancouver, 1.8. Toronto, 1.7. Victoria, 1 million. How about other areas, guys? Montreal, one of my favorite cities. Oh, my goodness. Food, culture, shopping, lovely, uh, European feeling, right? Average price of a home, four ninety six. Again, less than half of Victoria. By the way, um, uh, all the areas I'm mentioning now, they don't use the uh, house price index, the benchmark price, and they just use average price, so it's a little different. But even still, uh, Montreal, four ninety six for a house. You know what's odd? The average price for a condo there is three sixty five. There's not a there's not a big gap between house and condo. It's very interesting. Uh, Ottawa. 743,000, so sort of Nanaimo Parksville uh, pricing. Uh, and then finally, Halifax, 466,000. So just wanted to give you guys a sort of uh, outline of where we stand in the grand scheme of things. Yes, Victoria is expensive. You know why, by the way. It's because of what we have. It's so beautiful here. Such a lovely place. Uh, the air is wonderful at the ocean. Um, and this is what happens, right? So... Uh, the numbers are always really interesting to compare. But the thing that always surprises me is the great values in other areas. Montreal, oh my goodness, that is amazing. Uh, listen, that's our little tour for the day. Uh, we need to take our first break here. But when we come back, we'll be talking more about warranties on new home construction. Back in a moment. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. We're having a conversation today about purchasing new homes, whether it is a new home construction for a house or a condo. As a consumer, you're going to want to know, what is your protection? When you're buying something, especially right now, that has not been completed, you're buying from plans, you want to know what it's all about. So our next guest right now is the Executive Director and Registrar of Licensing and Consumer Services of the uh, Homeowner Protection uh, uh, Act, uh, BC Housing, uh, sorry. It's Michelle Hayes. Michelle, thanks for joining us. No problem, happy to be here. Yeah, so tell our listeners, um, what is BC Housing's role in the process of buying a new home? Yeah, so I'll tell you a little bit about uh, like what is the act and why do we exist and why we're here. Perfect. The government of BC, we introduced the Homeowner Protection Act in July of 1998 to improve the quality of residential construction and strengthen consumer protection for buyers of new home. So under the provisions of the act, the licensing and consumer services branch of BC Housing, we're responsible for licensing all residential builders and building envelope renovators in British Columbia for monitoring the provision of mandatory third-party home warranty insurance, administering owner-builder authorizations, 
as well as carrying out research and education that benefits the residential construction industry and consumers. You know, consumer confidence was pretty low after the leaky condo crisis, which I'm sure yeah. you've heard of in the 80s and 90s. Oh, so the introduction, I was, oh, yeah. I, I was there. I remember that. Yeah. I had a friend, a dear friend who was affected by it, which is why I'm passionate about this. Wow. So the introduction of mandatory home warranty insurance in the late 90s, it contributed to the increase of, of consumer confidence in new home purchases. And it still continues to be important to consumers today. How does BC Housing interact with the, uh, with the warranty provider? So our role, BC Housing monitors the performance of home warranty insurance system in accordance with the Homeowner Protection Act and regulations. So to better protect owners of new homes, the Act requires that all new homes, other than the ones that are specifically exempt under the Act and regulations, they must be covered by private sector home warranty insurance. And that's exactly the individual that you'll be speaking to later today. Mm -hmm. So the legislation requires that home warranty insurance may only be provided by insurance companies that are authorized by the BC Financial Services Authority. Mm -hmm. And there's minimum coverage and allowable exclusions for third party home warranty insurance. And that's all set by legislation. Home warranty insurance protects new homes in BC against construction defects. And it's including a minimum of two years on the labor and materials five years on building envelope, including unattended water penetration, and 10 years of this on the structure of a new home. Mm -hmm. So the home warranty insurance requirement, it applies to all forms of new residential construction in BC, from single family to condominiums. And it's one of the strongest construction defects insurance in Canada. So the regulation, it, it sets out how a warranty provider must respond to a properly filed claim under the policy of home warranty insurance. And the regulation also has requirements for how home warranty insurance providers administer policies of home warranty insurance. And it provides for mediation if an owner disagrees with the warranty provider's written decision. Another way that we interact in our, our role here is uh, by assisting consumers with information and published resources to help increase awareness and understanding of home warranty insurance, what to do if a construction defect is identified, how to file claim for assessment by the warranty provider. So we, we do, but there's a lot of uh, cross collaboration between uh, our office and the warranty providers. Well, it's so important uh, and, and mm -hmm. consumers need to know that there are, because that is a question that people have often. And yes. I, I, I think about one, I just did the deficiency walkthrough with uh, first time buyers at a new uh, development just last week. And that was kind of one of the questions, actually one of the reasons why we're here today is, you know, they, they said, well, what if the uh, builder doesn't do what they're supposed to do? What if the warranty company doesn't do what they want to do? And mm -hmm. it sounds to me, uh, BC Housing, um, through the Homeowner Protection Act, is kind of that extra layer of consumer protection, right? Yeah, so I mean, we don't adjudicate claims between, because we don't regulate the warranty insurance providers. Um, you know, so if someone calls us, our role is really just to to walk them through all their, their, re, their re, I'm sorry, all their different uh, their dispute resolutions. Yeah. yeah, so it could be going to the ombudsperson. It could be going through mediation. It could just be uh, walking them through how to properly file a claim. Um, you know, a lot of the times I think the uh, the homeowners don't know. They'll go to the builder first, which is perfect. You do want to do that. But at the same time, if you do think you have a defect, put it in writing and, and put that claim into the warranty provider at the same time, just to make sure, because you don't want to get yourself into a situation that while you're kind of working through things, your coverage runs out. Oh, for sure. For sure. Mm -hmm. Or let's just switch a little bit here. There's there's also a new home registry. So people can actually go online and they can search for a property or a builder to to, to see that new home or the builder on the, the registry, right? 
Yeah, this is such an important tool for everyone to know about. The New Homes Registry, it's an online resource on our website. It's great for home buyers, for realtors, lawyers, local governments, basically anyone uh, who wants to check the status of a new home or even a home under construction. Uh, it's going to provide information to help you make an informed decision when you're buying a new home. Uh, you can find out whether or not when you search the address that the home uh, has a warranty insurance policy and, and was built by a licensed residential builder, or if it was built without home warranty insurance under an exemption, such as an owner-builder authorization. Uh, the registry is going to indicate whether or not the home can legally be offered for sale. Um, homes suspected of being illegally built or where home warranty insurance has been withdrawn prior to issuance, they're going to be flagged on the registries under investigation. And you know at that time to give us a call. Yeah. Um, for homes built by licensed builders, it's also going to uh, display the contact number of the warranty provider, the builder's warranty number, and when the warranty coverage began. So if the policy commenced, it's gonna tell you when that happened. It's also good to note that if it was an owner-built home, it's gonna tell you whether or not it could actually be sold because there are occupancy requirements for owner-builders that have to be met. And once those are met, the registry will be updated. So if you ever do search the registry and you see the home cannot be sold, yeah. you know to dig a little bit further with your realtor or even call our office for more information. Well, that's, this is really this is a whole other conversation too, and that is uh, for our listeners. The exemption is as an owner builder, they don't need to offer warranty. However, they need to be personally liable for ten years. Um, and the thing is, it requires an owner builder declaration before the buyer actually even offers on the property. So there's an entire process. And exactly. I'm glad I'm glad you brought it up, Michelle. I mean, um, some houses can't be sold because they, they don't qualify it. And this is a very dangerous route to go to go down unless people know, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so some of the things a buyer might need to know about owner-built properties since we're on the topic. Yeah. Um, so unlike licensed builders who construct homes for consumers, an owner builder is an individual who's just built a home for their own personal use. And because of that, uh, they apply to us to be exempt from the legal requirements of becoming a licensed residential builder and covering that home uh, with a policy of home warranty insurance. Now, as of 2016, they do have to pass an exam. So owner builders have to pass an exam. It's a hundred choice, multiple choice exam. 70 questions are on construction management basics, just to know that we know that they have the basic understanding on how to build a home, as well as their statutory obligations as an owner builder. But as you mentioned, the owner builder is personally liable because there is no warranty for that 10 year warranty period. Mm -hmm. uh, they're liable for construction defects under the, and it's under the statutory protection provisions of the act. But because there isn't a third party uh, warranty provider involved, any issues regarding to defects uh, that a homeowner might come across, they're gonna have to settle that directly with the owner builder. And if they're not able to come to some sort of agreement that would go to a small claims court. There is the odd time where an owner builder chooses to get voluntary home warranty insurance. And if that does happen, it would be on the disclosure notice. Mm -hmm. But that's why it's so important that uh, people are aware of the disclosure notice and the new homes registry. Because if an owner builder markets a home as new without having lived in it, it's likely that they've contravened the act. So mm -hmm. we're not going to issue a disclosure notice without making sure that those occupancy requirements have been met. Yeah. Uh, we have a really great resource on our website uh, that talks about illegal sales, uh, occupancy disclosure notice requirements, as well as uh, statutory protection requirements by consulting the buying a previously owned home webpage. Mm -hmm. Or also I'd recommend reading the buying or selling an owner built home regulatory bulletin. 
Yes. Which is on the website. And I've seen that. It's yes. fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So, so again, just to recap for our listeners here, that new home registry, by the way, that's not just for homes that are new now. You could look back into a house that, that was new a few years ago, just to make sure that the warranty coverage is there, right? Um, yeah. So the period for owner built home coverage and warranty coverage is 10 years. Yeah. And the registry came into an effect in November of 2007. So that's when we started tracking and putting everything on there. So anything 10 years or, or newer will be on there. Fantastic. Well, the biggest thing, and I'm so glad that uh, your office and yourself came uh, to join us today because I want listeners and consumers to know that there is this level of protection because they're buying what is often the biggest purchase in their lives. Mm -hmm. And when things go bad, they can go very bad. Thank you very much for having me. And Michelle Hayes, uh, she is Executive Director and Registrar at uh, Licensing and Consumer Services. Need to take our break right now. We'll be back in just a moment. Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show comes to you every week with the support of our show partners. Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group. J.P. Sellas, insurance advisor at Westland Insurance. The Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Silhouette Home Inspections with Pierre Beauvais. If you, need help in, if you need help or direction in your real estate transaction, give any of the whole Home Show team members a call. They would love to hear from you. Just before the break, we were having a chat with the Executive Director and Registrar of Licensing and Consumer Services for BC Housing, talking about the Homeowner Protection Act. That was Michelle Hayes. Now, you know, new home construction, everyone sort of aspires to that. How nice would it be to have a new home or a new condo. And I got to tell you guys, right now, in the market that we've seen recently, it's been tough because people are fighting. It's multiple offers. It's bidding wars. Uh, sellers are doing exceedingly well. That's just a fact. That's the way the market is right now. As it turns out, looking at pre-builds and new construction are really a great option right now because when a developer is offering either new condos or a release of new homes, Generally speaking, buyers aren't fighting. It's a matter of just going in, making the commitment. Uh, it's not going to be ready. You know, it may be months out. We just did one that's going to be finished in December. So there's a bit of time. But what it does mean is moving into a brand new home. And there are assurances that the builder has to provide. And then there's this question about warranty. And that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about consumer protection. And we're talking about um, who takes care of any problems that arise with the new uh, home construction. So my next guest right now is Bob, uh, Brendan Bobby. Brendan Bobby. He is with Travelers Canada. He's a senior technical representative here on Vancouver Island, and he handles warranty. Brendan, thanks for coming uh, to the show today. Thanks for having me, Tony. Happy to be here. Great. Well, uh, Travelers is such a big name. I mean, this is one that, of course, uh, we're in the business, so we're handling uh, buyers all the time, and it's always reassuring when we see uh, the name Travelers. Let's start from the beginning here, though, because we were chatting with Michelle a bit ago about how it is um, legislation. So uh, BC Housing basically states that new homes have to be offered with warranties. Now, there's different warranty companies, like there's Travelers, there's others as well, too. But what is, it, what is it that Travelers provides to consumers when they're looking at new, um, uh, what are new, new home warranty companies providing? 
uh, for, for new home buyers? Right. So this kind of all goes back to um, some of you may have heard of the leaky condo crisis. Ah, yeah. Right. That thing. Um, so after the government uh, had to bail out, you know, a whole bunch of these building owners, these these stratas of these these condominiums, uh, basically, I, I guess they decided that never again should a taxpayer in this province have to pay for the shortcomings of a developer or defects in construction. Uh, so they enacted the Homeowner Protection Act, uh, one of which was uh, mandatory new home warranty insurance uh, on all new homes by a third-party insurer, and that came uh, that was enacted in 1999. So what that gives you is uh, we've all heard a lot of us in the industry have, you've heard of two five ten. So that's there's two years on material and labor. Uh, obviously, some limits apply. Some of the material and labor um, defects are only covered for one year. You get two years for your mechanical systems as well. There's five years for any defects in the building envelope, which would mean you know unintended water ingress from exterior to interior living space. And then there's a 10-year structural warranty that covers uh, failures to a load-bearing part of the home. So that's the coverages that you're looking at that are- Well, actually, let's talk about it because Michelle and I didn't really get deep into this. And there are listeners to our program who weren't here in British Columbia back in the 90s. And the leaky condo thing, this was significant. I mean, there was a building boom uh, in the early 90s where there was all these four-story wood frame buildings. They were all uh, um, face seal stucco. They were sort of California style with no overhangs. Yeah, you nailed uh, it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they were, they were built correctly. So it's not like the builders made a mistake, but there was a failure in the system. And uh, as a result, all these buildings started leaking. And owners, like myself, because I was in one, by the way, we all had to chip in uh, back then, 40,000. Today, it's like 100,000 or more per unit. And there was no support. There was nobody, um, no third party to support us. So uh, like you and Michelle have said, this changed late 90s. Uh, government uh, uh, intervened. Um, because back then, it was, un, uh, it was um, unregulated, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, the... Um... The municipal inspection departments, they weren't really concerned with building envelope. And a lot of it just came down to the, the how the exterior detailing, how the windows were installed. Like you, you had mentioned, no overhangs was a huge culprit. Uh, and we've implemented a lot of building science, um, you know, methods, things along those lines uh, in, the, in the last 20 years that have, um, that, that have, will prevent any of this from happening in the future. Now there's envelope building envelope engineers and consultants on all these multifamily projects that you're seeing. So we're starting to see a lot of this going to the wayside. I don't see as many, you know, leaks and uh, building envelope failures as you might imagine. Um, now a lot of it is workmanship issues, structural issues, poor soil, things like that, that are, uh, that are kind of coming to the forefront, especially in the, in the building boom that we're having right now. Okay. So let's say somebody purchases a new home and a problem does occur, and it's within the 2510 warranty uh, uh, period, what is the recourse and how does it work for a, for, a, for a new homeowner? Great question. So home warranty insurance isn't like your, your, um, your home insurance. It's, it's, essentially in, in, it's essentially a bond agreement between the builder and an insurer, meaning that us as the insurer, we are guaranteeing the builder's performance. Uh, to a certain set of criteria. I can talk more about that later. But basically, if the builder is unable to fulfill their obligations, us as the warranty provider will step in and do it. 
Um, so the builder gets the first right to go back and fix their defects. They get the first chance to go in and, and repair anything that they've done wrong. Uh, but I always encourage owners um, to contact the builder directly, but also file the claim with us as well. So it can be properly documented and tracked. A lot of builders would prefer that the owner just go to them. But the thing is, is for owners is if something is repaired under the warranty policy, meaning it's, it's reported to us, then we gently ask the builder to go take care of it and it gets repaired. That repair has a one-year warranty on it as well. Oh. So if something goes wrong again, if it fails again, the builder's still required to go take care of it. If it's never reported to us and then it fails and it's been a couple of years and then the homeowner comes to us and says the builder fixed it 18 months ago and it's gone wrong again, we're going to say, unfortunately, uh, it's it's it, um, the coverage is expired, right? It's a warranty. So there's there's certain... There's certain things that have to be reported within certain timeframes. And that's the most important thing for a purchaser uh, to know are the commencement dates or the, the date that their warranty started and the date that each coverage period expires. Yeah. So if you're buying a already lived in home that still has remaining warranty coverage on it, it's important that you uh, contact the warranty provider once you gain title of the home and find out um, the commencement dates for the warranty and also ask for the claim history as well, because um the policy has a limit on a single family home. The policy limit under the legislation is $200,000. So you might move into a new home that is only, you know, a year and a half old thinking you have eight and a half years of warranty coverage, but there might have already been $150,000 worth of work done under the warranty on that home. And you may only have $50,000 remaining. So that's important to know for a purchaser as well. Wow. Okay. You know what? I just, you just gave me two things I'd never considered before. I mean, the first thing is, um, making sure uh, about, about the one year on repairs. And the other one is the, um, uh, checking to make sure the claim history that is so important. The other thing though, too, and it sort of, uh, follows what Michelle had mentioned, which is yes, call the companies and start the process because, uh, in, in her case, she was saying if there is a problem and it's a protracted process to get the builder to get things happening, it may push it all past the uh, warranty period. Uh, so you get there's a there's a process that people should should be using. Right. That's right. Yeah, it has to be reported prior to the expiry date of whatever the applicable coverage is. Yeah. There's, and we use a document, it's the BC Housing has a document called the Residential Construction Performance Guide. I'm not sure if you and Michelle talked about it too much, but it's it's essentially the building code for home warranty because, you know, the the, the BC building code is um, enforced by the municipal building departments. It's, it's, it's health and safety based, meaning, you know, no one's going to die in the home. No one's going to burn, be burned alive. Like there's, you know, yeah. the homes are going to be safe to occupy, right? Um, but there's nothing really that, that uh, addresses workmanship and aesthetics, so to speak. 90% um, of our claims are, are things homeowners can touch, see and feel, you know, drywall, paint, you know, doors, floors, things like that. But every once in a while, we do get the large structural claims, uh, site drainage, you know, perimeter drains, plumbing issues. And those ones, those ones can be expensive and potentially bankrupt a homeowner. And that's why warranty exists. Well, listen, we're getting deep in the conversation I want to pick up on. We need to take our break right now, but we're chatting today with Brendan Bobby uh, with Travelers Canada talking about new home warranty. So we got to take a quick break. We'll be back in just a moment. This is The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. 
Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Having a conversation right now with Brendan Bobby. He is the Senior Technical Representative uh, for Warranties on Vancouver Island here with Travelers Canada, because we're talking about new home construction warranty. Again, Brendan, thanks very much for uh, coming to our show here. Glad to be here, Tony. Okay, so we talked just before the break about um, what a consumer needs to do, you know, what the uh, warranty insurance is, uh, what a consumer needs to do, making sure that they contact travelers if there's an issue. Um, Two things that I came away from are the fact that repairs also have a warranty and also that um, there is a limit to claims. So you got to make sure you know what a claim history is on a um, resale. Um, commencement date. So that is something. So I see, I have seen the documents, of course, the traveler's document, and it says specifically what the date of the start is. That's also important because sometimes people look at the age of the home and they go, oh, it's at 2018. So there's three years left. Well, you got to look at the actual date, right? That's correct. Uh, and also um, what's important to note is, is even if the home has been unoccupied, um, and you're buying a brand new home that's maybe been sitting on the market for eight months or something like that. I mean, not in today's market, yeah. but if that may have been a, uh, a custom home that has never been lived in. And I mean, the builder finishes, the occupancy permit can be granted. The potential owner may decide to just list it for sale. The builders walked away, occupancy permit's been granted. That's what triggers the warranty starting. And then it sits on the market for eight months and somebody moves in and then what they might not realize is their warranty on that house is already eight months old. Yeah. And it's a huge disappointment for some of these owners when they get to their end of first year of occupancy and they find out that the warranty on a lot of these items has already expired. So that's important, uh, important information to know with whoever's doing the conveyancing as well is to figure out those dates. Um, if you're not the owner of the home, unfortunately, you're not entitled to the claim history. Much like Tony, I can't call ICBC and say, hey, how many demerit points does <laughs> have they're going to tell me that's private yeah, right yeah. but you you are able to tell me that information you know if, if i request a driver's abstract or something right so yeah. if you're a seller you should be you should be providing that information to prospective buyers the commencement dates the claim history on the home um and and things along those lines so perfect okay so um you know consumers often kind of have this thought because you mentioned before it's not like a warranty for a, a, a like a fridge or something right um, really what travelers uh, does is it keeps the builder accountable really is, is, is what it is. Right. Um, cause, cause consumers often think they go, well, if there's a problem, I'll just call travelers and they'll come and fix it. Absolutely. It's, it's important. I mean, who reads their insurance policies when you get your home insurance policy or IC, nobody reads that stuff, right? It's important. That's, that's my, the most disappointing thing I see often is, is, owners will file a claim for a whole bunch of things that are not covered. And again, these are statutory regulations. It's not that we're the bad guy. This is just what is covered by the policy required by BC housing and, and what isn't, um, you know, landscaping is not covered. It's not part of the home. Uh, it's, it's not covered. Uh, appliances are not integral to the home. They're not part of the house. They're not, you know, they have their own warranty anyways. They have their own warranty. Right. So and these often we get, we get claims for these type of things and uh, owners are disappointed to find out that they're not covered. So I just encourage everybody to read a copy of, uh, get a copy of the policy. Um, BC housing has a registry as well for, for all new homes. If you just type in the, it's a public registry. If you type in the address of a home that's been built in the last, you know, 
or that, that still has remaining warranty coverage on it, it'll tell you who the warranty provider is and what the commencement dates are. So that's fully public as well. That's a really good resource for realtors as well. You know, realtors listen to our program here every week. And uh, for us, when we're helping someone buy a resale house, you know, one that's a few years old, but still under warranty, uh, it's great to be able to pull up that information and find out, you know, who the builder was and who the warranty company is and, and all of that. Right? Yeah. Yep. Um, so because there is legislation in uh, BC Housing oversees this, and there are other uh, warranty companies, um, is it different in different jurisdictions? Like, uh, for instance, outside of British Columbia and other provinces or other places, uh, are there other, is it the 2510 as well, or is that sort of BC specific? Um, Alberta has had mandatory, uh, sorry, mandatory new home warranty since 2014. Uh, their, their, um, their policy looks a lot similar to ours. They have a little bit higher uh, policy max, but they also have a, a 2510. Mm -hmm. um, Ontario has uh, uh, builder licensing and they've got mandatory warranty as well, but their, their coverage periods are a little bit different than ours. Uh, I believe Quebec has something a little bit similar. Uh, in the States, you know, you can basically just sue the builder if, if you're, you feel like you're not satisfied with the home that you've been delivered. But this is consumer protection for us, right? And it's the strongest construction defect uh, insurance in Canada that we have in BC, quite frankly. And it, um, it holds our builders to a little bit better of a standard, right? And you had mentioned, you would allude to that there's, there are multiple warranty providers out there. The builder applies to be a member of a particular warranty program. Uh, there's different fee structures and everything like that. It is an insurance product. It's a bond. Like I, I said, it's a performance bond to the builder. Um, so again, we're just, we're just holding them accountable to meet a certain, a certain performance standard. So. Yeah. We're talking today with Brendan Bobby. He is with Travelers uh, Canada talking about a warranty coverage for new home construction uh, and uh, talking about the builders uh, and builder enrollment. So this brings up another question that consumers often have. It's, well, if I'm buying a new place, do I have a choice of warranty company? And again, it doesn't work that way, right? That's correct. It doesn't work that way. The, the builder, the, the builder is a member of a warranty provider we have a contractual relationship, an agreement with, with our builders as, as well as other warranty providers will have agreements with, with their builders. Um, again, the warranty provider might change, but the coverage is exactly the same. The coverage is outlined in the homeowner protection act, uh, the statutory legislation, the residential construction performance guide, you know, um, there may be different claim handling criteria between um, different warranty providers. You know, we tend to be at Travelers a little bit harder on our builders. We like to have our, our claims wrapped up and taken care of as fast as possible. We don't want it, them dragged out. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, we have the best crop of builders uh, and we hold them to a pretty high standard. So we want to just make sure that uh, the owners are being taken care of the best they can. And that brings up the next question. Like what happens if the builder goes rogue or, you know, all of a sudden doesn't show up and doesn't do the things that, that they promised to do. That's when you step in, right? That's when we step in. And this is, this is where it gets tough, you know, and, and hey, we're, we're human beings, um, communications, everything. And sometimes there's just a breakdown between an owner and a builder. If it's a custom home, it can get particularly nasty, but sometimes there's just, even if it's a spec home, there's just a, you know, people butt heads um, and the builder and the homeowner are no longer on, on good terms and we're just forced to step in. Uh, the unfortunate thing is, is, you know, if, if there is work that still is to be done 
And us as the warranty provider, we have to go to an outside third-party contractor or a restoration company or something that's going to that's going to do the work. It gets ugly as well because you you have an owner that's purchased a brand new home because they don't want maintenance and be, or sorry because they don't want to have uh, a whole Great. bunch of issues. Yeah. They yeah. don't want a renovation, you know, so they don't want a renovation in their brand new home and it's tough. And then you may start opening up things and, and fixing things or pulling up this or that. And then you start to notice other things wrong and we're required to fix those as well. And sometimes these things can just, they can just drag on and on. Uh, and it's unfortunate. I mean, you know, it's, it's just important for owners to understand that uh, they may be getting an unwanted renovation in their new home sometimes, and it doesn't always go smoothly. Right. But there's no deductible for the homeowner. Uh, in BC, it's, you know, it, they are free to file a claim as much as they want or file as many claims as they want. There's no deductible. It doesn't cost them anything. And again, in the past, especially in the case of some of these large soil claims, structural claims, things like that, these are things that could have potentially bankrupted homeowners and, and, and we're happy to be able to help them out. Well, and this, this is the thing, because we talked about this before about, you know, the leaky condo age and no accountability, because what developers would do is it was a numbered company. So this development was this numbered company, and then the next one's a different numbered company. And if there's a problem in the other one, they just shut that down, right? And there was no accountability and there was, there was no uh, uh, protection. And that's what Travelers is here for, right? Exactly. Yeah, we have we have that contractual agreement with the builder and we're going to hold them to a certain set of performance standards and whether that that entity exists or it doesn't. Yeah. Um, we, we will come to the table and, and take care of anything that's uh, that was required to be fixed under the legislation. Now when there's a when there's a problem and there's a builder who is like chronic at, at not getting things done. I mean, is is there recourse like this warrant this travelers just stop working with them? Potentially, uh, potentially that's, you know, okay, so you need to have home warranty to build a house in this province so with the exemption of, uh, you know, if you're an owner, owner builder, yeah, of course, but it's, it's mandatory home warranty coverage. So part of that means when, when a builder goes and applies for their building permit, they're required to show proof that there's home warranty insurance, that it's been enrolled in a, in a warranty program. Um, if we have a builder with chronic, like you, you use the word chronic. Yes service and warranty issues uh the easiest thing to do is to just tell them look we're we're not going to process any more registrations until you go clean up the wake of uh garbage that you left behind you yeah. you know that's, that's the big that's the hammer that we can bring down because quite frankly they shouldn't be building if they're if they're leaving a wake of poor unhappy customers with them or sort of behind them then we can just stop processing their registrations not allow them to build anything else until they fix what they've already what they've already done so, but we don't like to do that very often. I mean, you don't want to take away someone's livelihood. Sometimes people get into financial issues and, you know, I, I always tell builders, I'm like the worst place you can be in is, is knowing that something needs to be fixed, but not having the funds or the resources to go back and take care of it. And again, that's why we have that agreement with them. We, we are their insurers. So. And this is the thing. So this kind of brings us home and, it, and it's because it's all about accountability and it's it, it, consumers can rest easy knowing that there are these levels of protection. There's travelers, and then there's a BC housing uh, overseeing everything. You're paying a lot of money for a new home, and this is the way it is, and it should be right. Um, but I hear what you're saying. You know, it's also built by humans, right? Things, things happen. Thanks for joining us today, uh, Brandon Bobby. He's the senior technical representative uh, here on Vancouver Island with Travelers Canada. We're talking about new home warranties. Thanks for joining us, Brandon.
Thanks for having me, Tony. Glad we could be here. I could talk all day about this. It it is such great stuff. I learn all the time, uh, and I certainly did today, and listen to our listeners. We're going to put Travelers Canada, the link in our uh, information on the CFAX 1070 uh, page, along with uh, BC Housing as well. Thanks again for joining us, Brendan. And for the rest of our listeners, we'll be here for you this time next week.